1: Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton,
2: Ohio.
3: Hello and welcome to the first episode of the College to Canton podcast, the perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm your host, Travis May. You may have heard me on the Dynasty Command Center podcast or the Dynasty Life podcast over the years. So why make a new podcast and call it College to Canton? Well, if you missed the teaser episode, I've always wanted a show that combined real college football and NFL analysis with some solid, actionable fantasy football content, too. So I'll be tackling everything from college football recruiting to the NFL draft, from daily fantasy to Debbie and dynasty fantasy uh, prospect analysis throughout the entire process and much more with the help of some stellar guests. And I'll be typically looking at things through a fantasy football lens, of course, since this is a Rotovitz podcast, but I'll also consistently cover players and prospects and what it takes for them to go from the college to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. Speaking of guests, I'm joined by Curtis Patrick, my longtime co-host on the Dynasty Command Center podcast. He is an owner and CBO at Rotoviz. You can always find him on Twitter at @cpatrickNFL if you want to pick his brain after he drops some knowledge today. Curtis, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks, Travis, man. It's uh it's an honor to be on the de- the debut, the fir- the first. It's the 101 of your shows here on college to Canton. And, you know, I think this can be a real treat for everyone on the Rotoviz of his radio channel. Um, I, I, I love that we're bringing more college content, you know, the, the guys Stefan and Matt have their college football show during the season, but I think tying this in as a 12 month deal. And, and you really, I think getting just a fully nerd out as our Debbie coordinator and just take this show any direction that you want to, it's, it's going to be great. I'm definitely looking forward to, um, learning from whatever it is that you're gonna bring in this format. I think balancing some statistics, some data with actually the Devier dynasty application. Um, yeah, it's it's just a great time. And, you know, I'm definitely gonna miss uh I'm definitely gonna miss <laughs> our interaction on D C C. We did fifty plus shows together.
3: Yeah. yeah. And
2: you you know, it's one of those things where you know, it feels like you're you know, you're, you're breaking up, um, when you're ready to get engaged or something like that, you know? And, uh, yeah, so, so we just got our cadence down and, um, you know, as a, a well-oiled professional machine, but I think in in the long run, it just means more football goodness for our listeners, uh, for each of us to have our own platform. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's a bittersweet thing, definitely a bittersweet thing, but, you know, we'll focus on the sweetness rather than the bitterness. <laughs>
3: For sure. It was a good time on the DCC pod. Lots of fun to be had, but really excited about this show and really all the shows on His Radio. Just uh, more than ever, we've got more, more content than ever. So excited to be just a part of that. Uh, but we'll be uh, kicking off uh, tons of, of fun stuff, and you may have already seen, but the title of the episode has to do with NFL University. And so that is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to kick off talking about the uh, you know the qb the tight end you the running back you the wide receiver you conversations and so you know beginning and ending the debate as to which schools truly give the NFL the most productive players at each position so in this week we're kicking it off with quarterback and tight end so to kick things off with this week's FFPC stat attack, Curtis, so there, there are five schools that have really dominated over the last 20 years in terms of giving us fantasy points, real live NFL production from these five schools, Michigan, Purdue, USC, Boston College, California. I actually had a, a little uh, a tease to the show uh, talking about these schools being the most productive um, over several years, over the last 20 years, since 2000, giving us the most fantasy points. And there are some surprises, and really, just kind of narrowing down, it's just it's just really a few schools and almost a few, just a few quarterbacks as well that have provided all these points. Are there any surprises to you? Uh, are there schools that you thought would have made the list as top-producing schools that didn't? No,
2: I, I mean, the first thing I would say is I think you created this stat attack just to be able to mention Purdue in a favorable light <laughs> when it's really just Drew Brees yes. doing everything I mean what we get like a, a Curtis Painter season or something like that I mean um I, I'm sure there's and hey,
3: that there was Kyle Kyle Orton Kyle Orton sure, was there sure. for oh, a
2: okay fair I mean the beard the neck beard is not the reason that Purdue is in the top five here so <laughs> no you know I think I think Boston College actually surprises me a little bit. You know, um, Matt Ryan has had a nice career. Um, You're going to have to remind me early 2000s. There's got to be somebody else contributing here yeah so uh, for for Boston College who am I missing
3: absolutely so I mean you actually at, at the beginning of the 2000s you get the tail end of uh, Doug Floody's career even uh, you get Matt Hasselbeck who actually yeah <laughs>
2: there's a drop kick in there or something yes exactly yeah, for the Patriots yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay but, but Matt Hasselbeck they, yeah, yeah there you go Hasselbeck yeah. okay and he was he okay. was
3: around and good for a while but we just kind of forget oh he was Boston College Boston College was the surprise. Actually, when you're looking at just overall like top fantasy-producing schools, like, California is way up there, not only with just quarterbacks, but that was surprising to a lot of people because you know they forget, oh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff, just those two guys in the last few years. That's over 5,000 fantasy points with Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff combined. But, yeah, well, it's, it's really what it boils down to, at least 80% of the fantasy points scored by these universities, these top five universities uh, came from just three or fewer quarterbacks. So it's hard when we're talking about, you know, the real quarterback you because, you know, it's it's such a small group of, of players. And so you have one Tom Brady and that can anchor you for 20 years and really skew, you know, the results of uh, who should be considered quarterback university. So to really measure, the real quarterback university. I think we have to probably include draft capital as part of the assessment. So, I mean, like, if, if you had to guess, like, what school would, would have given us the most, you know, first rounders that that were, you know, producing quarterbacks in between the years 2000 and last year, what what would have been your first guess?
2: Well, I, I think I, I don't know if we're doing top five here. If we're gonna do, <laughs> if, if we're gonna do. Top five. I'm not going to go to name all all five of the schools, but I'm I'm definitely going to go USC, and I'm pretty sure I'm right. Yeah. uh, on On that one. Yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, uh, you think of all the quarterbacks. USC's had they've had some guys that uh, like Carson Palmer, Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold here recently, Matt Leinart. Not all of them have hit in a big way. Uh, Carson Palmer did in, in a big way. Sam Darnold, you know, jury's still out there, but that's four guys. Four first rounders, and not only that, five taken inside the, the top 100 picks in their respective NFL drafts. If you include Rob Johnson, and and they also had guys like um, uh, Matt Barkley, who who kind of stuck for a second, yeah. Matt Castle, even. Yeah. So big time university, big time quarterback. You, um, and then really second, that really tied with them, thanks to Justin Herbert this year with four first rounders. You have Achilles Smith. Actually, he was drafted way back in 1999, but most of his production was obviously. In the 2000s joey harrington marcus mariota and now we'll see oregon could really kind of push if if justin herbert hits that that could be interesting to see uh what happens there and and him becoming the next big thing but yeah did any any other kind of schools to you that stick out obvious choices being the schools that give us all these first rounders top end quarterback draft capital
2: yeah, I think the only other school that I well, you I mean you mentioned um Cal and I was going to I was going to make a Kyle Baller joke um, a minute ago. <laughs> so I'm going to assume I'm going to assume Cal's in there and then um you know, Oklahoma obviously having, You know, it's, Oklahoma's kind of cheating a little bit in the Lincoln Riley yeah. era, you know, with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray and then um you know, eventually I think we'll we'll see, now we didn't get the first round draft capital, but eventually I think we'll see Jalen Hurts uh, enter the picture there scoring some NFL fantasy points, but then obviously Sam Bradford. I mean the the you know he's like the Jeff Fisher of quarterbacks and um, tied to him in, in that <laughs> yeah. way. So he, you know, he definitely put up some some PPR there uh, for us in, in the fantasy realm. I, I could not name I could not name a fifth school that, that actually has draft capital. Yeah, and that's because um, I can think of other schools that, that put a couple quarterbacks in, but I, I can't think of draft capital. Yeah,
3: and I mean like first round picks. You're looking at the only other school really that uh, gave us really very many points. And at least three first-round picks in this in this window. It's actually Florida State. I mean, that's and it's not great ones either. It's like Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel, and Jameis Winston. Who uh, who knows if he's ever really going to start again uh, in the NFL at all? So that wasn't really necessarily a, a hit, but they did give us three first-rounders and and you know top 100 picks. And really, Jameis had had some ridiculous volume that, that uh, gave him some some fantasy points that kind of prop them up for sure.
2: So listen, just just listening to these names, you know, you kind of, you know, I don't know where you're, I hope I don't throw you no, off track good, here, man. but I, I just had this, I had this thought. So, you know, we're talking about QB University and, and you know, clearly the NFL is putting, um, you know, they're, they're assigning some merit to the idea that a high, you know, a high, highly rated recruit who starts for two or more seasons at one of these schools yeah. is is you know worthy of early draft capital. But this list, it, it's definitely less than 50% hit rate. And so I'm wondering if there's almost like some if there's signal but not in the way that you would think. Yeah. You know, so if we if I think about like Debbie or or Dynasty, you know, getting one of these guys, even if he's not impressive in his first year, you know, I, I think drafting um that guy to you know, my fantasy team with the idea that he'll accrue value. Mm-hmm. But if he doesn't ha- truly have the elite profile, and, and I think maybe that he's getting propped up because of the name value of the school, it's it's a guy maybe to trade, you know, right after the draft. So I, you know, I think we'd have to look more into that. That I mean, that might be of interest for you. But yeah. that it's actually a pretty, pretty gross list. We talked about all these quarterbacks, <laughs> and I think it's maybe 35% hits or something. Yeah,
3: and, and that's that's the nature of the position, really. I mean, I think over and over we... In every draft capital and draft class, rather, we get excited about, you know, oh, there's four guys with draft capital first round picks. They're going to hit, right? Well, you know, most of the time, that's not the case. There's been a pretty nice hit rate recently. Uh, With uh, early picks actually working out, but guys that you know for two or three years looked okay end up fading out in many cases. Still, like Marcus Mariota, we were all excited about Marcus Mariota. We were all excited about Jameis Winston. They were the one and two picks in in their draft, and we thought that this was a no brainer. They were going to be you know 15 year starters in the league, and that's just not the case for the most part. There's not. A bunch of tom brady's and, and drew Brees and philip rivers and eli manning's that just grow on trees and the truth is these guys have sell high windows though in their rookie contracts because they'll have those moments where they do develop in that second year they do kind of make a, a step through in, in, in a four-week window in their third season but then uh, others will still turn out to be mitchell trubisky uh, but it's still because of the draft capital because of the hype surrounding what he could be in long term as an asset. People get this idea in their head that they're going to be good. And so you can sell them um, in your dynasty leagues, um, whatever format you're in. So within the fantasy football lens, there's there's always going to be uh, value in drafting, you know, quarterbacks that are uh, incoming rookies just because there's some, there's some safety that people thinks there that really isn't always there outside of basically the rookie contract. Really, so within this scope, if you're trying to draft some some future value, if you're in, in devi Leagues or you just like college football, you're looking for top players to get excited about that are at these universities, uh, if you play in devi Leagues where you can actually own college players on your roster before they even get on your, your fantasy football team, Keaton Slovis uh, for... USC is obviously a name that uh, is is gaining some steam. A lot of people like him. Another USC quarterback. He could be uh, the quarterback one or quarterback two in 2022. Had 9.4 adjusted yards per pass attempt as a true freshman. Uh, Came in, uh, did kind of, I think he actually had a a brief window of injury, but when he was healthy, man, he was slinging it. And so actually had 30 touchdown passes to only nine interceptions, really somebody that's going to gain some steam. And as soon as he hits the league, just because he's a USC quarterback, if he gets that first round capital, he's going to be a valuable asset in all uh, forms of fantasy football. Uh, And really Spencer Rattler, uh, another guy who, you know, maybe you watched Netflix's Quarterback 1 series, uh, but if you didn't, Spencer Rattler was the guy in his recruiting class uh, coming into college. And now that, of course, he's another Lincoln Riley project quarterback. We just saw Baker Makefield, We just saw Kyler Murray and even Jalen Hurts just come onto the scene for one year and just almost make a Heisman-worthy uh, performance and then still get day two draft capital. Spencer Rattler, like four years ago, like we would not be talking about Oklahoma quarterbacks because before Baker Mayfield it was really just Sam Bradford uh, that had not really ever hit at Oklahoma, but now it seems like they're possibly quarterback you. So if Spencer Rattler comes out and kills it this year, uh, that's going to be another big name that's an obvious buy or sell uh, kind of asset in, in Dynasty just because of he's an Oklahoma quarterback. He's probably going to get some draft capital. Like the quarterback at. At Oregon and a name that you might not know, but it's Tyler Schuff who is looking to be the starter this year, possibly over uh, Anthony Brown. Between one or one of the two of those guys, one of them is going to start, and whoever does, playing for Oregon in a year where Oregon should win the Pac-12 and a year where they should have a top ten, maybe top five, offensive line in the country. Playing for a program like that that just protects quarterbacks. And and develops quarterbacks, uh, guys like Tyler Shuff can come out of nowhere with virtually no experience and insert themselves into the first round uh, conversation. And so it's just interesting if you play for, start for any of these universities and have some success at all you're automatically going to get your name thrown into the hat now things we talked about Florida State things might have changed for the worse just because Jimbo Fisher is no longer there Uh, he's not really exactly pumping things up and then the offensive line's gross but it'll be interesting to see what happens in terms of future production uh, and how we assess and really future draft capital and how we assess you know who's the real quarterback university i feel like there's always arguments over this but right now it looks like it's still very much usc based on production their third overall in points fantasy points scored really in production in the last 20 years and they've given us four first rounders seven inside the top 100 picks but several other schools definitely worth worth the conversation
2: yeah i mean i I feel like when i listen back to this pod um that three or four minute riff that you just had there. I'm going to listen to a couple of times because it's very information rich. (laughs) And I want to try to, I want to try to respond to a couple of things in it. So, um, the, the first thing with USC and Slovis. Okay. So, um, I I know this is more of a macro level show, but I want to go micro on Slovis for just a second. Super. I mean, I think he's a little underappreciated, um, so far. So, okay. 18 year old freshman, uh, uh, first of all, you know, kind of thrust into it late in the process, right? Yeah. Not the plan starter going into the season. And he just absolutely lit it up. And I think that in, in college football, we tend to have this East Coast and Midwest bias because it's what we see in, in our time zone. And a lot of times these West Coast quarterbacks do get uh, forgotten. And But Slovis is somebody that has to be, you know, even if you're just, if you're an NFL, you know, scouting type person listening to this show, um, just a hobbyist versus an actual you know, dynasty or Debbie player needs to be on the radar. I mean, completed eight out of 10 passes that had over 40 intended air yards downfield. So no other, no other power five quarterback had more than six. So as an 18 year old true freshman, um, the the deadliest downfield passer, you know, in the power five, that can't be understated. And so, um, you know, he kind of like, he's definitely not a runner whatsoever, but I mean, I think he had pretty good pocket presence Uh, For an 18 year old, it kind of reminds me maybe a little bit of like Tony Romo, where sometimes we'll just kind of run around and you're not really sure why, Um, but he's not running around (laughs) for the purpose of running. He's he's running around, um, you know, with his eyes downfield and the idea, you know, of extending the play. And I'm just really excited to see where it goes. USC, um, you know, has also has a very rich tradition of getting, uh, you know, high end wide receivers. And I think that he's got a special sauce there potentially over the next couple of years but you know kind of speaking of his lack of rushing ability for fantasy purposes kind of one of question i had is you know do you have any data on you know any schools kind of being better for these konami code fantasy quarterbacks uh, it's yeah. a little bit more of a, a weird question but yeah has anybody put out like multiple mold, uh, rushers who have you know had these weird qb1 seasons in the nfl because of their legs
3: yeah. And so, I mean, if you're unfamiliar listeners with the Konami code, uh, it, you know, there's that's a video game reference. But also, you know, within the scope of fantasy football, I, I, I guess that was uh, Lord Reeves. <laughs> Reeves came up with that, I guess. Is that is that who coined that originally? The code? Yeah, that's yeah.
2: of his Rich Rebar, um, you know, it's, you know, basically ideas, you know, um, you know, it's a it's a cheat code. You know, yeah. It's not fair. You know, when you when you've got a quarterback that runs, you're not just getting what he gives you with the arm, which is what they all give us. Yeah, you're getting this extra um, that not everybody gets. Yeah, and it's you know kind of like the infinite lives code and contra. And you're just gonna infinite lives, <laughs> infinite weapons, and you're ready to go. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I mean, are, are there any schools that come to mind that yeah th- that produce multiple guys?
3: Uh, absolutely I mean you look at uh, well Mike Vick heavily weights this and skews this like crazy because he had like uh, I think uh, what 6100 career rushing yards or something crazy and then you've got uh, Tyron Taylor both of them coming from Virginia Tech uh, they just Kill it uh, all time in terms of uh, total rushing yards from any one school within the last twenty years. So Virginia Tech, Michael Vick, Tyra Taylor, and then Auburn with Cam Newton and Jason Campbell. Actually, Jason Campbell, uh, a lot of people forget that he actually was decent at times and wasn't as um, consistent as a starter, but he actually was a real threat with his legs as well. And schematically, I mean, if you think about the the Gus Malzahn offense, like yes, when you have Cam Newton, you're going to run. But they could really bring in some interesting uh, guys that do it with their legs as well. I think Bo Nix could be another guy that adds some yards with his legs. He's the quarterback there now, um, was a four- or five-star type quarterback um, coming out into college and could be a quarterback that ends up with some draft capital. Uh, But beyond that, you you think of schools really recently – with Louisville, I mean Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater, they could really rack up some points. They're barely top ten right now, but um, having a guy like Mikhail Cunningham there, who was a low key, uh, really really low key Heisman candidate this year, they really overperformed uh, expectations last year. But Mikhail Cunningham really brings it with his legs and his efficiency as a passer. So there there, there could be some other other schools that kind of come up into the conversation here soon.
2: Yeah, so I think what would be really interesting too—the the, the third thing that I in your your rant of a couple minutes ago that I wanted to touch back <laughs> on—and it, it's almost, you know, we're talking about this from a, a perspective that it's quarterback university. It's, yes. it's almost more. It's I don't even think it's almost. It's definitely more coach centric at this yeah. point in the game um, than school centric. I mean, if Lincoln Riley leaves tomorrow, um, you know, Oklahoma could still have some high draft pick quarterbacks, but we'd likely be chasing, you know, whoever his first big time recruit was that went through his program and potentially even the guy that he, that he rehabbed because he had so much success with these, with these transfer quarterbacks. And so, you know, I think some of that might be transferable to a guy like Mike Leach, who's, you know, changing, uh, changing scenery and has had, you know, some recent success with, you know, a lower pedigree guy like Gardner Minshew. And, um, you know, there's kind of two quarterbacks that succeed to the highest level in the NFL right now. It's the guys that have the mobility or the guys who are deadly accurate because you can, you can win either way. So I can either use the passing game as an extension of the running game with these, you know, quick on target throws that allow my receivers to, to get maximum yards after catch because I'm placing it on their hands and they can, they have you know perfect vision at that point. Yeah. Or, it's a quarterback like a Lamar who has some accuracy, but he's maybe a first to maybe a second read on any play, and then takes off. Yeah, and I think those are the, those are the two types of quarterbacks we're looking at. And so when you find the the coach that knows how to find the prospect for his system, it's one or the other, you know. And then you chase that coach. So I yeah. think, um, you know, we got a situation with with Mike Leach, and you know, he's got another rehab uh, project going on this year, right, Travis?
3: Yeah, so KJ Costello, because I mean, he was with you know Stanford, and, and you know he's, he hasn't ever really put it together um, in terms of huge volume uh, or can really consistency. He had one really good season, but now in a new home with an offense that's going to ask him to throw the ball 50 times a game, he's going to be yeah. he's going to be in a position to really rise to the spotlight too. I have some concerns about him fitting into the mold of what we normally like to see in terms of a Michael each quarterback. Um, just, he, I don't know if he has the quick processing to necessarily pull it off, but man, if he does, he's got some fun wide receivers there this year, former like four or five star kid, Tyrell Shavers who transferred from Alabama, Malik Heath, who ran like a four, four, three in high school was a Juco transfer four star kid originally. Uh, and, uh, Osiris Mitchell who's coming back. So that could be a fun uh, situation to watch. But yeah, that's why I mentioned Jimbo Fisher leaving Florida yeah. state and that, that mojo leaving, Kellen Mond at Texas A&M is interesting just because of what Jimbo Fisher has done with him and his tools um, and Lincoln Riley, what he's doing at Oklahoma. But I mentioned Louisville again because Scott Satterfield has done great things there in, in that offense immediately. Uh, and in and, and a situation where they were trying to figure out who the heck their quarterback was last year, they had major health issues at, at the position. Mikael Cunningham comes in. They throw the ball and, and make a star out of this tiny little kid named Tutu Atwell at uh, last season. Just I want to I want to find the quarterback who has a coach like that, who has a system that he's going to build around that player and be able to feature him in a way that he's going to produce at an elite level that puts him in position to be drafted. Another interesting potential quarterback you in the future it could be I mean with Lamar, Teddy Bridgewater, maybe Mikael Cunningham working out one day that could be a low key. Quarterback, you, uh, you know, name in the hat school uh, for the future. But Notre Dame, I think, is an interesting one because they had, uh. you know, some misses. <laughs> but guys that got you capital. have to talk louder to convince I me. I have to. Yeah, the, the louder I talk, the, 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 the,
4: <laughs> I, can't, I can't convince <laughs> myself.
3: This isn't really going to be it. But, you know, they, they've they given us some draft capital. You've got mirror and you've got Brady Quinn and Deshaun Kaiser, Jimmy Clausen, not some not studs. Uh, And even Ian Book, you know, taking Notre Dame to the college football playoff and really not looking good enough. to. He might be a day two quarterback, but we'll see. I'm really excited, uh, though, because I think Brian Kelly has something in the future with Tyler Buckner for 2021, a kid who had 1,600 rushing yards as a junior, uh, had a 10-to-1 touchdown-interception ratio. I think he's thrown like 60 touchdowns to 6 interceptions or something like that in high school uh, and he's got some crazy wheels I, that might be a situation if ian book gets day two capital if buckner ends up hitting he could be the guy that really takes him over the edge and gets him to the college football playoff and and brings in more and more quarterbacks after the fact uh so low-key there um another, another couple of, i guess honorable mentions nc state because of philip rivers uh and jacoby brissett and um, and then, of course, uh, the the guy who's got like the 17 foot neck, Mike, Mike Glennon, uh, you know, he, he kind of was there uh, for a bit. And UCLA used to be quarterback U, but not so much anymore. I mean, they had Troy Aikman back in the day. Josh Rosen really, really <laughs> missed. Uh, they had a couple other first round quarterbacks. But, but really moving forward, I think there will be obviously being in the college football playoff has kind of changed things, right? I think these kids see this college football playoff. They see Deshaun Watson beat Alabama and all of a sudden the top quarterback prospects want to go to Clemson and they see Tua rack up crazy stats and get a bunch of wide receiver wide receivers. And now all of a sudden Alabama who's been this rushing school for 120 years is is potentially going to be quarterback university. What do you think is going to happen if you know, just it's just all the same and it's just all Clemson, Alabama and what, what are other schools that you, you you could see turning into quarterback you?
2: Oh, man. <laughs> Obviously, if, if anyone's going to join the, the fray here, it's going to be the Ohio State University with Ryan Day. What Ryan Day has done has taken um, he's taken an Urban Meyer offensive concept that was highly productive, but tweaked it in a way that is transferable to today's NFL. And I mean, and Justin Fields is going to be the springboard for that. So you yeah. know, we had people who produced at quarterback, even you know, especially on the ground in the in the Urban Meyer era, Terrell Pryor, uh, J.T. Barrett, um, you know, Troy Smith. Even going back to the Jim Trestle era, you know, there's been great college football quarterbacks at Ohio State for a long time, but we haven't seen them you know truly hit. Jury's still out on Dwayne Haskins in the NFL but I think Justin Fields is going to be, he's going to be that bridge guy and they have really been racking up the quarterback recruits with Ryan day. Yeah. Um, C.J. And, Stroud, and, I mean, Madden everyone man. wants to play wide receiver for Brian Hartline. And so I think you've, um, you know, you've got this situation where it's like Clemson where they're pairing the top wide receiver recruits in the country. You know, everyone's a four star five star. Yeah. And you know, Everyone at the quarterbacks, four star, five star, and so you get all these talented guys in a room with one of the smart smartest offensive minds in the country, and you know they're going to make magic. So um, I would actually, I, I mean, I would sooner say that Ohio State could leapfrog, you know, Alabama in this category, uh, e- e- just because of what I'd, I, you know, I, Saban has shown a willingness to to flex the system more to win in the SEC, um, but there is still just, I, I think he just he just seems he's old guard for me now you know he's yeah. he's old guard and and ryan day is is the future and so i could see that happening for sure and then you know it, it would be a true upset but if mitchell trubisky were to turn things around and then we get sam howell out of north carolina coming on up um you yeah. know i mean maybe in a couple of years that could be you know it, could, it just takes just takes two guys i think yeah just two guys and all of a sudden you've changed the narrative now they don't have the I definitely don't have the sex appeal of you know Ohio State or Clemson or <laughs> some of these other bigger schools, but you yeah. know it
3: it's it's something to, something to take a look at. And then of course
2: you know you got North Dakota State, right?
3: Yep, Carson Wentz, Trey Lance, like seriously, I'm putting up just dumb video game numbers. Like who throws 28 touchdowns to zero interceptions? Like you had to turn Trey off Trey Lance does, yeah, apparently Trey Lance does. He that definitely was, turned off the yeah. console like mid game and restarted a few times to get the that stat line because mm. that's just ridiculous.
2: Well, Justin Fields basically did that. Yeah, I mean, in the Big Ten, he made like one mistake, <laughs> yeah. one kind of yeah. big
3: mistake. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll let it pass. I mean, he—I think Fields really—he he could be better than Trevor Lawrence. He doesn't have as many starts, really. He doesn't have the the experience. Uh, I, mean, I mean, he was with Georgia and basically had a year off almost, uh, and then came to to play for Ohio State. So. It'll be interesting what happens beyond Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, but there's a bunch of guys to be excited about after them because you've got CJ Stroud waiting in the wings after Justin Fields. You've got DJ Ukulele, as all all, all my friends like to say, but DJ Uyungalele, who was just a rocket arm kid who, in in high school, he he ended up replacing Real Mitchell on on the show. Uh, It was also, again, on uh, Netflix's QB1, he came in and couldn't get put back on the bench because he had, like, I mean, he ended up with 127 touchdowns to just 11 picks and had over a thousand rushing yards and he's got he's got like a, a cannon for an arm so it's, it's just going to be interesting to see if they keep on bringing in those quarterbacks to Clemson, in keep on bringing them into Ohio State Alabama it's gonna be really tough for these schools to compete but I, I hope there's a wild card in there I hope there's like like North Carolina with Sam Howell coming in and throwing 38 touchdowns as a, as a true freshman um, I hope he's that stepping stone quarterback for that program and and brings them up so that somebody can compete with Clemson uh, in the ACC. But right now, it's still USC. There's still the reigning quarterback university. But there's there's gonna be a few other names in the hat, especially those competing for the national championship on a year to year basis. But uh, before we move on to tight end university, there is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners with BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making the way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need, need even more, they have you know simulated NFL, NBA, UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else? Other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker, tournaments, and prop bets to check out. So you can visit betonline.ag and use promo code BlueWire for a free welcome bonus. That's one word BlueWire, Bet Online, your online wagering experts. I'm Dave Cabin, host of the RotoViz Fantasy Football
4: Podcast. I wanted to take a moment to thank you for supporting RotoViz Radio. We love producing these shows and we hope that you love listening to them. As a thank
3: you, loyal podcast listeners can get 10% off of a one-year Rotovis subscription by using the promo code 2020RVRadio at checkout. We have some of the very best tools, articles, and analysts in the business and can't wait to lead you on the path to greatness. If you haven't done so yet, do us a favor and take a minute to rate and review this podcast thanks again for listening now let's get into the show now it's time for the tight end university discussion and this part is going to be a little bit shorter and frankly it could be like one sentence uh, probably if we wanted it to because the real tight end university has scored twice as many fantasy points as the second place university has, you know, since the year two thousand, they've had five tight ends drafted in round one in that same span. You've got they've had eight tight ends drafted inside the top one hundred picks, and their tight ends have scored at least two hundred and fifty combined vanity, fantasy points in the NFL every year since two thousand and four. That university is the U, Miami, Florida. You, know, I mean, just just crazy crazy numbers uh, in the past 20 years. You, you've got Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, Jeremy Shockey, Cullen Winslow Jr., Bubba Franks, if you remember that guy. David Njoku. Do I remember Bubba five Franks? Franks? <laughs> Come on, man. I think yeah, you're, yeah, you're forgetting I know, how old I, I am. I've got a couple I years
2: on you. Actually, you know, when you when you mentioned Rick Meyer earlier, I was remembering like a, a pro set football card I had from the early 90s. Um, right, yeah. yeah. So Yeah, of course I know who Bubba Franks is.
3: Yeah, and then, you know, even guys like Clive Walford, Chris Herndon, Eric Swope, that was a guy for mm-hmm. a second. Uh, so, you know, they've, they've been crazy, and, and just the long careers of Greg Olson, Jimmy Graham, uh, and the prime of Jeremy Shockey and Kellen Winslow Jr., and who knows what's going to happen with Njoku, but, man, they've just killed it. When you look at them compared to any other school, like, uh, you know, they, all the top schools have, you know, at least 3,000 fantasy points in the span of the last 20 years well miami almost has eight thousand. like they they have double what tennessee does and tennessee's second uh, but really it's mainly just old man jason Witten holding holding it down for them and then like uh, i think after that you've got like uh, california is kind of up there i think they're fifth but that's mainly just tony gonzalez there's really only two other schools that I, in my mind, or even in the conversation, maybe three other schools that are in the conversation for tight end university outside of Miami. Oh, for sure. Uh, who, who, for sure. Who to you, uh, comes to mind uh, when you think tight end university right now.
2: Well, I, I mean, I'm, I live in big, I live in Big Ten country, right? So <laughs> right? you know, obviously Iowa. I mean, Iowa, even dating back to you know, they gave us some guys even back in the Peyton Manning era, uh, Dallas Clark, and then what, Kittle, Fant, Hawkinson. Um and then a bunch of lower level guys and then um I you know I'm peering at the show sheet here and and staring at, <laughs> yeah. at Stanford and uh, yeah Stan- Stanford's a little sneaky they're a little sneaky yeah. obviously they gave us Zach Ertz and, and Austin Hooper we'll have to see how much of Hooper was you know the Falcons system a little bit of target void there versus you know is it transferable um, but then you also get the draft capital checkbox with Kobe Fleener. And it never really worked yeah. out because he was too soft. But um, you know, that's
3: <laughs> with brick hands. <laughs> yeah,
2: that, yeah, soft in all the wrong places. Um, <laughs> drum set, uh, and then yeah. you know Notre Dame. Cole, you know, what? Komet. I mean, can he? Can he change the reputation <laughs> there? I, I don't
3: know. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Maybe he still stays healthy, unlike Tyler Eifert, because, man, what what could Tyler Eifert have been, you know, if he had just stayed healthy? It's, it's frustrating. It's just,
2: there, there's one other one that I would mention. They're, they're not here yet. I mean, they're not even close to here yet, but this, again, has to do with me watching a lot of Big Ten football, you know, here in Columbus. And, uh, you know, I had to watch, um, you know, Penn State football quite a lot, and... Yeah. Um, the training program, you know, we're becoming very familiar with the running backs out of Penn State. It seems like, you know, instant, you know, projection to NFL success, basically, if you're a volume back there. But now we got Mike Kosicki and then Pat Fryermuth coming up. And, you know, he just annoyed the crap out of me last year. Um, just catching all, these, all yeah. these little short dig routes. Um, last, every time they needed a first down, they hung with Ohio State for a long time in that game last year. And uh, a lot of it was these, you know, crucial first downs that that was getting. But you know, people are calling him, you know, you know Gronk 2.0, Baby Gronk. I think we've had a couple people named Baby Gronk in the past that, that didn't live up to it. But you know, maybe Frymuth will be no. that guy. I mean, yeah, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean, because I mean, there have been other guys that I mean, Travis Kelsey turned into that, um, and that's you know, he he's Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Penn State is is a. a, a School I definitely had down as a potential tight end university up next, just because Mike Kosicki, looks like he's going to break out even further this year. And Pat for coming in, and he had 15 touchdowns in just his first two seasons. So definitely a low key option to kind of look at in, in the future. And, in, and if you're in Debbie leagues or looking for the next tight end uh, star next year in the 2021 NFL draft, Pat from is probably going to be a top 50 guy could be around one guy. But, yeah, I mean, really, in terms of long-term tight end you, it's really – it's it's Miami. But, I mean, Stanford and Iowa and Notre Dame. I mean, we didn't even mention Kyle Rudolph being at Notre Dame. They've, they've had some producers at those schools. Um, but, you know, you think of the top echelon tight So Arizona, that's basically just Gronk. <laughs> like, there's almost nobody else worth mentioning. Travis Kelsey for Cincinnati. Brent Selick was actually in Cincinnati as well. And if Josiah DeGuaro becomes more than a fullback, uh, he was drafted in the third round this year. Uh, so he could pan out. <laughs> more than a fullback. Uh, that sounds like a, you know, it's like a Hallmark movie. Um, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. That, I, that was, struck me funny. Who would star in
2: that? I, yeah, that's, <laughs> that struck me funny. I'm going to, I want to tie something together, you know, back into Rotovis. And I think this is the type of stuff that, for the listeners, that Traps is going to be able to do, you know, having this time on the show. But, you know, when you think about applying, especially this tight end discussion, to Debbie. So it, yeah. it may be very applicable. I mean, it could be this simple. Um, target a projected sophomore starting tight end from Miami, you know, University of Miami. <laughs> because, like, you know, any, yeah, if, any if, of if, them. if they're projected <laughs> as a starter as a sophomore, they're going to get two years starting. They're going to declare after their junior year. We know from all of Blair Andrews' amazing amazing uh college prospect work over the last couple of years um these young tight ends are absolutely the ones that we want to chase in terms of nfl you know fantasy discussion so um yeah, that might be might be a simple hack might be a simple hack read your beat reports uh and spring ball and <laughs> summer ball listen to the college Canton podcast figure out you know who this next up-and-comer um at university of miami is going to be and you got a projected sophomore starter just uh, mash that drop button and Debbie.
3: Yeah, that, that's basically you could have done that for the entire basically t- what, twenty years. Twenty years, yeah, t- and 20 you'd be set at the years. position. You you would have been able to trade a few of them away, even you'd, you'd be fine. <laughs> but seriously, it Brevin it, Jordan coming out there, he's going to be the guy that I'm interested in uh, for Miami next. Uh, obviously, he posted I think it was just over sixteen percent Dominator rating. You know, taking over. Uh, receiving yards and only had a couple touchdowns last year. I think he had four in his freshman season. Um, And really this year they are working with an incredibly inexperienced uh, wide receiver core in Miami. Uh, So it got a new X there, potentially a Mark Pope, uh, but, but a bunch of questions uh, there from a production standpoint. So Brevin Jordan could be the guy in Miami, uh, just being their wide receiver one slash tight end one uh, this year easily. Uh, but then moving over to another Florida school, the University of Florida, the Gators, uh, they actually are kind of a sleeper in terms of uh, tied in long term production too. They they've had Jordan Reed, Aaron Hernandez, obviously uh, Trey Burton. But now they've got a kid, Kyle Pitts, coming out that I'm really excited about. Uh, Ford is leader in receptions last year with 54. That ran a, a 4-7 at age 17, which is a lot faster than you think. 4.7 at, at, as a tight end. That's like the NFL draft, like NFL combine threshold we want to see. And he was doing that in high school. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table. And probably the last guy I want to mention just for Debbie because he just earned the highest 24-7 con- composite rating ever for a tight end it is a top 10 overall in the nation Uh, recruit uh, coming into this season draft eligible in 2023 is uh, Eric Gilbert uh, a true freshman for LSU he looks like he could be the next Gronk Kelsey or Kittle and he's only 18 I mean he's six foot six 255 pounds and he runs around a 4'7 the kid is ridiculous LSU is not they haven't really had the hits over the years but I I don't care where, where this kid went. Gilbert's going to hit one day. But any other tight ends or quarterbacks of the future you want to kind of hit up before we uh, wrap things up here?
2: No, I mean, I want to, well, I got I got two things. First off, I'm not going to be the only person that's wondering this. You mentioned Brevin Jordan. You mentioned Kyle Pitts. I got a, I've got actually got two Debbie drafts coming up in the sure. next month. You know, I just think name recognition and, and maybe even the tight end you uh, factor going into it. Let's say I got a Debbie auction, highly competitive. You might know the types of leagues I'm talking about that are coming up, that a certain dynasty godfather runs. If I could get Kyle Pitts at 20% of the price of Brevin Jordan, who do you prefer?
3: Oh, absolutely, Kyle Kyle Pitts. In fact, I I think Kyle Pitts could be drafted ahead of Brevin Jordan. You know, maybe because it's Miami and and people like Miami tight ends, uh, Brevin Jordan's more expensive. But Kyle Pitts, I think, could be drafted ahead of both Pat Frymuth and Brevin Jordan uh, when it's all said and done. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of,
2: there there really are not a lot of college football tight ends that rack up over 650 receiving yards in a season. Um, It's just just not a common occurrence.
3: Yeah, there's like uh, any given year, there might be three or so that do that. In any given one season, but there's it just doesn't happen a whole lot. Well, and you know you know who else
2: at at Florida? Do you, you remember a, a Florida tight end that has had a star-crossed NFL career with like 19 concussions? Um, the last the last Florida tight end I think to to put up over 550 yards is Jordan Reed, highly athletic yeah. guy. Yeah. So may, maybe Kyle oh, yeah. Pitts hits and we get Florida on this list as a as a tight yeah. end. Yeah, I mean
3: there's still. Yeah, they're still. I think they're they're top ten or ten or twelve, really, all time in terms of fantasy points in, uh, since two thousand anyway. So yeah, definitely a, a school to keep an eye on as uh, tight into you conversation uh, moving forward. But I'm just excited to to start this series, start this podcast, and really just look, dig more into the NFL university uh, type conversation. Uh, we'll be getting into the the real running back university and wide receiver university here soon. I'm sure Curtis has has a, an opinion about the wide receiver you being a fan of Ohio State that might that might come up here soon. But again, uh, if you want to find Curtis. Yeah, on Twitter yeah you can find him at uh, c Patrick NFL I believe uh, you can find me at ff underscore Travis M uh, anything you want to plug before we sign off here man
2: uh, I mean just got to check out rotaviz.com. so if you if you somehow came across this podcast because you're a fan of you know blue wire pods and, and you listen to their community um, or maybe you've listened to other Rotoviz um, pods, just as kind of your daily commute, and, and you love listening to football, but you've never checked out the website. I mean, th- this talk is just this is the drop in the bucket. I mean, all the analysis that we have at Rotoviz.com on college prospects, the the scouting tools. I, I mean, it the world is at your fingertips uh, in in our research databases. Um, over thirty two tools now um, at your disposal with a sub. Uh, we got twenty five dollars off a two year sub uh, right now, just eighty four ninety nine. It's, it's unparalleled value, unrivaled value in the, in the fantasy industry. Of course, you'll get access to Travis and I's Debbie rankings uh, with one of those subscriptions. And, and Travis just puts out so much Debbie-centric, college prospect-centric research and analysis that you know it's, it's truly... you know it, I, I think Travis is definitely one of the top guys in the industry you know, in this category in and, and his work with adjusted production index and even creating some metrics. I mean, you're definitely in good hands on this podcast. But the way to bring it all in is to go to rotoviz.com. Make sure you're getting his written content too.
3: Heck yeah, man! And really, how I built this this database of all this information uh, dating back to 2000 of like every single season of every single player and every single target and everything for quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, everything I did with the Rotoviz Screener tool. Like it was it was a tool on Rotoviz I used. To, to make this happen so check it out at rotoviz.com but uh really just pumped to do this this podcast here moving forward excited to have the rest of our Debbie team on here soon going to be breaking down a bunch of top player makers on the top 25 uh teams here later this summer uh if, if you want to leave a rate and review it really helps a lot um new podcasts especially so and, and really if you have a question for the show you can find me on twitter at, at ff underscore travis m but If you just want to leave a rate and review and just actually put your question in the review, I'd be glad to kind of dig into that. And we'll do kind of a a mailbag episode later this summer uh, here very soon as well. But thanks for joining me on the very first episode of the College to Canton podcast. But until next time, you guys that enjoy Dynasty Fantasy Football, keep living that Dynasty life.